Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 19. I am joined by Ricky the Hormone Monster. You the man, John. No, just kidding. Here on the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games that we've recently purchased, games that we're currently playing, and as always, the ever-loved Inflation Deflation Challenge, where we grab a game off of John's shelf and we decide, hey, is this game worth what it's selling for right now, or are you paying too much? Now, the key thing with this week is I actually played the game, whereas you pretty much just kind of played for two minutes. You're like, nah, it's too hard. And no, you no, I played a couple times, and the second time I did better than your first time, Dude, and then you didn't die again, so I, you just kept playing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't die. Like, the second time, I had to get used to playing the game and getting back those controls from when I was 10 years old, and I finally got back into that mode, and I was like, all right, I got this. Where you're, I was like, eh, Well, I never, I never had a Genesis. Like, growing up, I started off with a oh, whoa, Super spoiler Nintendo. Spoiler alert, man. Spoiler alert. Nobody knows what we played, dude, unless they heard last week's episode. So you should probably hear last week's episode to prep for this week's episode before you hear it. So stop now. Go back to episode 18. Yeah, that, that's fair, right? That's fair. That's okay. fair. All right, cool. But yes, Sega Genesis. So that's your uh, that's your hint. Unless you want to like scroll forward, I don't know, like 40 minutes from now, we'll probably be at the point where we talk about inflation, deflation. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure or, it out. Or if you're really, you know, up on your content, you'll uh, check the social media and you'll probably already know. Yeah, go on Instagram because I posted on there. Uh, all right. So as always, recent pickups. I, this week, picked up, of course, like my 6th or 7th N64 with three controllers and a, uh, what is it, the power pack, the uh, the adapter. Or, God, man, I'm tired today. The rumble pack? Rum- no, not the rumble pack. The, the stupid... additional RAM? Yeah, the additional RAM, the little red pack. Thank you, Donkey Kong 64. RAM pack, there you go. Yeah, DK64. Uh, what is it? A pod racing on uh, episode one, I think. Wait, you used did it. that come with it? Yeah, no, I don't. F- yeah, I think it came with it. Because um, I thought I got mine with DK64. Because I had Pod Racer before DK64. Well, I know Pod Racer utilized it at least. So Pod Racer apparently. I mean, somebody can quote well, me. I reap the wrong. benefits of it then. Yeah, so I think Pod Racer actually utilized the Ram Pack and um, Donkey Kong. Obviously, a Majora's Mask uh, required. I think was it Gemini. I- I don't remember. Jet Force Gemini? Maybe Jet Force Gemini. I don't recall. I only ever rented that. There was only like a handful of games that like literally used it or needed it to be able to work. You're a Donkey Kong person. I love Donkey Kong. Okay. Did you like Donkey Kong 64? No. Okay. See, I only ever played Donkey Kong Country 1. And that was the game that I always played with my dad on the Super Nintendo growing up. And DK64, like I played it a bunch as a kid and I just... Never felt like I made any progress because there was so much to do. And it was like, I need how many more bananas to feed this fat pig? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm a big fan of side scroller Donkey Kong games. So yeah. Country 1, you guys 2, should and 3. See, once we get, you know, some footage of where we're actually at, he's got DK merch everywhere. Yeah, no, I absolutely love Donkey Kong. It's one of my favorite series. Right Why isn't he your main? Why isn't he my main in yeah. Smash? Yeah. Because jigglypuff and pac-man dude like come on come on really yeah there's no question around that i guess i can play donkey kong but not like super well that's okay i'm super into court well let's keep going we'll get to that currently playing all right all right so uh no i recently okay so i got the n64 obviously it's like my seventh one i'll take that and i'll trade it towards something i don't know i got it a good price so maybe find an rpg that i really want to get or 
sell it or something. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. But yeah, I have like seven of them, of them lying around. And uh, yeah, one more is not needed. Yeah. And uh, anything else or? No, I mean, it was, dude, it was a slow week. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look over my pile of games over there. What's the, what's the top, what's on the top of the pile where your phone just was? Punch out. Punch out now. I got that the week before. No, no. Dude, you just throw my NES games around now? Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty much how it looks on the it floor. It got punched out. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, it was challenging me. Yeah, no, no, seriously, that's all I got this week. Nothing, dude. It was dry. I mean, that's that's still something. Uh, this week, I got something that we talked about a long time ago and then kind of left off on, but I finally stepped up and I got uh, Nintendo Switch's online service. I haven't really checked out any of the NES games, but I did see an article earlier this week that somebody data mined some kind of assets or names or something for super nes games and they're thinking that they're actually going to launch some super nes games into the service that you get when you get the online service those free titles that they have available i mean honestly if they didn't that would be a loss on their part i mean that's what people are clamoring for right well yeah and i know i mean i've heard that everybody's hungry for you know to buy the same games that they bought on the Wii store and then on the Wii U store and then on the DS store. But it's like, you know, it's definitely something that people want to have, but to get it as like kind of just a free, like here, this is an addition to that is nice. And I know before we kind of struggled and I was in the camp of, well, they're just NES games. Like if you really want to play the, play them, pay for them, with the $20 a year and don't whine about having to be in service. What was it like once a week or once every three days or something? Like if you're not in the online area, like how are you clamoring to play those specific games? But here, here's a, a good point though. And I made this point a while back when we first had that discussion. Um, I've got plenty of game systems, like a good amount. I mean, you're standing or sitting in yeah. front of a wall that is just filled with games of all types. So for me, you know, I played Let's Go Pikachu for a while. I stopped at, I think it was Seafoam Islands. I just kind of got burnt out on it. I'll come back to it at some point. But I stopped playing my Switch. I have not touched my Switch in as far as gaming hours concerned because I've been playing Final Fantasy And how Fantasy many 15. alternate means do you have to play Metroid? Uh, you could play it on the... Oh, you're talking about like on the NES version? Well, no. How many... If you didn't touch your Switch, even though you're in your home and it's connected to your Wi-Fi... And if you paid for the online service and you just push the power button, it would connect to the Wi-Fi. How many other ways in your house do you have to play Metroid? Well, technically, several. But as far as so turning you're not on hurting my, for that. But as far as turning, yeah, but uh, some other people might be. But as far as turning on my Switch is concerned, I literally have not turned on my Switch in like three weeks since I started playing Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, because you're playing Final Fantasy 15, yes. but I play my Switch every day. And the Switch is out of sight, out of mind in a sense. Like It's, it's right in front of your TV that you play Final Fantasy 15 on. You can't look at the TV without seeing the it Switch. Is. It's not out of sight, out but of mind. But that beautiful PS4 controller and the Final Fantasy 15 opening music and using Noctis okay, to destroy this creatures. Is, this is my recent pickups here, John. You know what? So anyways, I'm going to interrupt it. I, I discovered what I think is the cornerstone that I have not thought about and I've lined all the pieces of the puzzle together 
And I might be late to the party because it seems somewhat obvious. He's a Nintendo fanboy. Let me see that. All right, fine, fine. So if you go on and you do like I've been doing and you treat the Switch as just a digital arcade, you know, the best of Steam and everything, every $60 game that you buy, you'll get 300 coins. Every $20 game, 100 coins. And then it scales down from there, fifteen seventy-five, and so on and so forth. So what you're saying is that you've been hanging around me too much and you're becoming a cheapskate. Well, no. What I'm saying is that by buying games digitally, you get enough money rather quickly to afford the $20 a year for the online service. So by buying games digitally through the Switch, you not only get the online functionality which not even all online games require. Warframe does not require Switch Online to play, but if you do so that you can play like the first party Nintendo games online, well, in order to get access to that online service by buying it digitally, you make it easier and quicker on yourself. And beyond that, you can buy cheaper games, which still give you money towards that. I mean, I bought three months of online and I didn't even, I paid nothing because I had all this digital currency lying around. And it's fantastic because you get access to even more games with it. And especially if they're going to add these Super Nintendo titles on there, I would say go ahead and save yourself the hassle of picking up all these carts. Like, especially today, like if they don't, do the things like we talked about last week. They don't come with manuals. You know, the complete inbox price of some of these titles is probably never going to go up because they're selling millions and millions of copies. Do yourself a favor, get the digital and use those rewards to get your online for free, get access to all these other games and then buy some of these cheap indie titles. I mean, how many games have I talked about that I've gotten for one to $3? You can pick those up and another game it, it just seems like the best way to do it if you're not looking to be a collector. So but what, we appeal to collectors, which is why John is here. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we appeal to gamers in general. Uh, the 22 subscribers, mind you, we uh, have increased, I think, since we last talked about that. Uh, but I think you're still hanging around me too much. I mean, what you've done is beat the system is what it sounds like. And I think you they found... made the system this way. Well, um, Potentially, it's, or it's, there's lots of uh, online MMOs that have a like rather than a pay to play, they have a play to pay where you can put in enough hours to get in-game currency to pay for your monthly subscription fee. Because what they want is a dedicated base of players playing the game, and hopefully those players invest into some sort of uh, you know in-game currency purchases or possibly some sort of in-game cosmetics like uh grinding gear does with path of exile well is uh does that like those games the uh the play to pay do they have advertisers and such generally when you've played those i i've never played them but i know that the model to e earn in-game currency and use that to pay for your monthly subscription model is because those companies they're looking to engage a core audience and that core audience they want to stay around 
And anybody on the fringes that is undecided, if they're not willing to put in the hours that it takes, because you want people playing your game. So as long as people are playing the game and you're making enough money to keep the lights on, you know, it's a, it works as a model so that your game doesn't die because some new hotness comes out and they're just put their $20 there instead of all the hundreds of hours they're investing to get free in game time. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I will get the Nintendo Switch service at some point in the near future. Maybe uh, wait, maybe wait a little while and let's see where it grows and then we can do like a neither of us really thought it was worth getting into in the beginning. Now that Smash is out and I'm thoroughly invested in Smash and I'm playing people and uh I'm calling out Brother Black, I did end up uh faring a decent challenge against him so i feel pretty good about that wait did he beat you he beat me sometimes i beat him sometimes there was definitely some noticeable lag he was saying that it was the worst lag that he's experienced so far well he just needs better internet service well no i think it was on my end i think my internet side might have been a little bit slow so i'm gonna see what i can do to fix that but what's his youtube channel by the way uh vintage vaudeville yeah, so go ahead and uh, and look him up. He's got a pretty awesome song that we're hoping to put into our um our podcast outro. Yeah, soon. go to go to YouTube, search for Vintage Vaudeville Ryu. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so as far as Smash is concerned, I finally beat you once. So that that was a miracle. I well, the controls won't. take some adjusting, dude. That's, it's not the same uh, Smash. Well, it's not necessarily that. It's that I'm so used to playing on a GameCube controller, but now you throw me a Switch controller. It's just wonky. The overall, I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. I'm not used to it at all. So uh, it took a little getting used to, but I did beat your your main game and watch with Pac-Man. So yeah. that was that was fun. Um, yeah. What was your other pickup? So that that was it, right? Just you had. Yeah. It was it was just that for my new pickup, and I, you know I did pick up these new thoughts on how I think the online model works well. Well, that's just cheating. You can't pick up new thoughts. I can pick up new thoughts, Hey, too. I picked up new characters in Smash. I'm up to, what's the total? 66 of 74 is what you told me. Yep, 66 of 74. That's not including my two Mii Fighters that I've been messing around with. And I haven't bought the DLC bundle yet, but I am very interested. I would like to see this Joker character, because I'm not a... I'm a Persona onlooker, but I've never actually... <laughs> played one i think that they look great but the time investment in those games startles and frightens me like i thought a few months ago about getting disgaea for switch and remembering the time commitment on that scared me away from it so it's like those big long jrpgs that have so much depth to them although i did just watch a really good video the other day where they were talking about how uh the UI in Persona 5, like, should win awards. I have yet to play it. Uh, honestly, I haven't played a Persona game in a very long time. But uh, let's go into our currently playing, and then you can talk about what you're currently playing, which we've kind of already covered. Yeah, but... we've already really been covering it. I guess the the other update I can give to that is that I love Corrin. I think Corrin's awesome. And uh, I play female orange Corrin. And I am very not a Fire Emblem person. I love all the Fire Emblem characters in Smash. I've only played 
one for the GBA, and that's the only actual title that I've played. But I did play a lot of Fire Emblem on uh, mobile. I've actually got it on my floor, Fire Emblem on the G- GBA. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's just that that's really how sad this room is. There's just like random Fire Emblem games on the floor and a Sega Nomad. I mean, this is absolute madness yeah, I, in here. I think I'm definitely going to try to get into the new Fire Emblem that's going to come out for Switch try to reintroduce myself to the series i thought about getting into those ds ones for a while but they just didn't really seem like i don't know i love my 3ds but i have like the launch 3ds and as often as i play it i don't really ever think about getting a new one i really thought about getting a 2ds and getting like a game cart that you can put those sd cards into so that i can do things that aren't illegal with it sure but i really i would really rather not do that because if i do that it's going to put me that much further away of my dream of being reunited with the game boy micro which i hope to do once i get started on the zone of enders uh you know new games resolution this year yeah we gotta find you game boy micro dude every time i look around somebody's asking like double the price for some stupid reason yeah we'll get you one at some point at at a good price um yeah, so as far as what you're talking about in-depth RPGs, uh, Final Fantasy 15, I've pumped 60 hours in that game now. Uh, I think I'm only like level 64 right now. I'm in chapter 13. No, I'm in chapter 14 now. And it's taken like a crazy turn, man. I've just absolutely loved every moment of that game so far. Super excited of it. I actually decided to just go ahead and, and start playing through it. At first, I was kind of off on the controls and the battle scheme and everything else. I really wasn't a huge fan of it. it took some getting used to, but now I'm just absolutely in love with the battle uh, format. The magic is actually pretty cool. Uh, I now, love the magic in the system. Yeah, you know, I told you a while back, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but it reminds me of Final Fantasy VIII, drawing the different spells yeah. and such. And actually, um, uh, James, uh, he, you know moved into our state now uh he actually was watching me play it last night he had never touched it. he's like hey i heard the magic's like final fantasy 8 and i came over to uh, a couple pillars of fire and like sucked up some magic he's like yep final fantasy 8 but then he saw me mixing the magic and it reminded him of i think it's final fantasy 10 with riku yeah where you can mix the uh, yeah that's right with riku where you can mix the items and do crazy abilities and such um so he saw that and he's like oh snap that's actually pretty cool and then I showed him uh, pretty much the equivalent to Ultima with my ring and Holy and all these other items. He's like, okay, this is actually a pretty cool system for magic. Um, I still wish there was a little more depth to it. You know, like I have yet to see how I can make Firaga and Thundaga and all that. It kind of just stops at Fira and then goes to like Unicast or Quintcast and Quadcast. Oh, yeah. Those are, those, that's what I always did. I always like wore all the... The casting gear and I would just like run into some mind flares and just yeah I mean overall dude it's a fantastic game so if anybody hasn't played it pick up the royal edition how far are you now uh chapter 14 I believe out of 15 okay wow you're almost there yeah well that's the thing I, I gotta I get probably... back on red dead so the crazy thing about that game dude is I probably could have beat the game in about 30 hours if I would have just kind of well because you've been doing all the side cast yeah man I think uh, I just got side cast side cast I just got to I think they gave me a medal for completing it was like 80 side quests already and I think there's 200 in the game so wow I'm on the point right or I'm like seriously on the fence of do I keep playing this game 
and keep doing side quests and enjoy myself with those and potentially get burnt out or do I just beat the game and then do like the down the DLC that came with the Royal Edition I'm so on the fence about what I want to do here and then there's also our um, let's get our, a poll going yeah right there's also our new games resolution too and I gotta play Sukaden too well yeah but it's not even the end of January yeah it doesn't matter man like I, I want to get to that game I've been wanting to play that for so long and now that I have like a reason well I should have had a reason to play it a long time ago but now that I have like a legit hey, I, this is my resolution to beat for the, to beat this game for the year, I feel like I want to play it right away. Oh, so. You know, that almost makes me want to tell you just to do all those side quests so that maybe I can put enough time in, beat Red Dead, and play Suikoden 2 alongside you and do my new game's resolution, and then no, I will be the most can't, resolved. Can't do that. But no, see, here's, here's what I know will occur. I'll play it the, for a week and be done with it. Exactly. The last time you said, let's do a challenge. Let's two of us go ahead and buy a game together. And we'll oh, play that was a challenge. Side. I made it all the way to Mount Moon. It was a challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge that you didn't uh, finish before that. Jeez, man. Hey, you didn't finish it either. Well, yeah, you suckered me in and spent 60-something bucks on a game. Actually, no, I spent more than that because I got the Pokeball, too. Yeah, and I just got the regular one. Yeah, yeah, I see how it is. At least I got the Pokeball. You know, I do have one other thing to talk about real quick. Just because I mentioned it last week. I played The Way. Which I think I purchased last week for six. Did you find the Queen? No. Well, then you didn't find The Way. No, but I took my dead wife to another planet. It was actually really fun. I played through the first part of it. And, you know, the art style was really nice. It's one of these 2D puzzle kind of platformer games and i totally see the direction that it's going in and i am interested in it but it's not exactly my type of game but it is something that definitely definitely just playing the opening was worth the dollar six that i paid and now that i have the whole rest of the game to play whenever i want and i don't have to go through the tutorial again or i could start over and it would take me you know, maybe a half hour to get through instead of the time that I did take to kind of get to know it a little bit more. Definitely worth picking up. And I think I might go back and check out some of those other cheap games that I picked up too, just to kind of, because I know they were like eight out of 10 on Steam or, or seven out of 10 on Steam. But I mean, definitely titles that are worth it for a dollar. I don't think they're up there anymore, but I think I'm going to make a trend of picking up anything that seems too good to pass up on and giving it an hour and talking about it. I think it's definitely worth telling people what, you know, is deflated. Like we do our inflation deflation coming up next. And uh, no, no, it isn't. We got news coming up next. Coming up later. Coming up later. Yeah. Okay. Tonight at six. Uh, more like 10, 20. Yeah, tonight at 10.20. But I, I'm going to go ahead and keep an eye on the forecast of uh, great deals in the Switch market and let you people know. And I did pick up Cave Blazers, too. I forgot about that. And that is fine. It's uh, it's fun. I'm sure that it gets better the more you get used to it. It's a little fast for my taste. That's because Ryan, Ryan's a little slow. Just That's what it is. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. All right. So what we got on the news? Okay, so our new section brought to you by Dogfish Head Flesh and Blood IPA. Hashtag not a sponsor. Could be a sponsor. Um, could be a sponsor. So our news 
from this week is GameStop. Looks like uh, they may be going through a buyout. Now, for some individuals who think, oh no, GameStop is being bought out, this is actually kind of positive because what it's doing is kind of breathing fresh air into GameStop and allowing them to have, um, you know, backers that really care about the company, hopefully, uh, versus their revenue losses and all the issues that they're having currently uh, with their situations. There's several other things that can occur to, you know, be for the better. But to give you some rough numbers, uh, their quarterly business review that they had back in, I guess it was November they did it, uh, $418 million loss during that quarter. Uh, so obviously not good. And the funny thing is, is that they showed growth last year. So $418 million loss, and they actually lost more of the year before. So that's kind of scary. And uh, the company is $817 million in debt. Uh, so that can be through a wide variety of things, such as acquisitions, uh, trying to go ahead and pick up uh, exclusive exclusivities on games, just tons of other things that are involved in that to try and bring in that business. You pretty much spend money and, and you throw yourself in debt. And then there's also backers that invest in the company. So they owe a debt to those backers initially. Um, so there's a few companies that are looking to buy them out right now. Uh, so that's kind of good. Uh, really, what I guess I'd, I'd want to talk about in this is, can you see a world without GameStop? And how do you think that would look uh, overall? Now, I'm not saying GameStop's going anywhere based on this information. If anything, GameStop's sticking around longer. And there is a, the potential of them going private again, because right now they're a publicly traded company. So if they were to go into the, you know, go private again, then there's no crazy issues of having to make investors happy and everything else because they're a private entity. See, I think that we have a really good example for this as a stand-in. GameStop will be Barnes & Noble because there is no huge market for going out and buying books. That's why other than like mom and pop or, you know, small to medium booksellers, or places that just sell books as a part of the product line that they already sell. I think that people want a place where they can go. They want a place where they can buy gift cards so that somebody they know can go and get something that they want. You know, and also they've expanded the way that Best or uh, Barnes and Noble did. Not only do they sell uh, books primarily or games primarily. But Barnes and Noble has a music section. They have a movie section. They have a toy section, which is all GameStop, overpriced. Yeah, but Ga GameStop's the same way. Like, if you walk into a GameStop, there's games, there's used games. They have um, all kinds of models and action figures and bags and socks and all kinds of gaming memorabilia. Well, yeah, they have their, their Think Geek. Um, segment yeah their whole line yeah but they also have uh cases extra controllers third-party controllers like there's so much pokemon cards uh there's so much else being channeled into gamestop that's like if you're here and you're buying this stuff you might like this stuff and all that stuff needs a you know money in your wallet kid who just had a birthday walking in because if if the only options are to buy that stuff online or to go to a big box store that's going to have a much more limited selection because Target, Best Buy, Walmart, they don't have enough room or enough, you know, 
spots on their pegboard walls or enough time to give every third party a good opportunity or to showcase those things directly next to other items of the same kind. So it's a huge market for other things besides just the games themselves. Because if you want, you can go in, and we were just talking about this early, like every so often at work, if I get like a little extra money, I might go into GameStop just to buy a $20 Switch gift card for myself. Just so that it's like, hey, I've got 20 extra bucks now. I know that I'm going to want to buy something on Switch eventually. I'll just bank that now. And then down the road, when I need it, it's there. I've got 16 bucks sitting in my Switch wallet right now for how many $1 games? Well, uh, 16. Yeah, so it's, (laughs) it's convenient for me to do that. But I go in and they're like, hey... What are you looking to buy? Like, I can probably just sell you a code for it. Like, you can go into a GameStop and walk away with just a paper receipt and a game. Like, the fact that you can do that is fantastic. But I can also do the same thing from the comfort of my couch as well, digitally. And you get those sweet coins. Yeah, that's true. You do I don't think coins. you get that. I should do some research and find out if you get those sweet coins when you buy a digital coupon code for a game in a store yeah but regardless you're not i mean as far as GameStop's bottom line is concerned that's like that's pennies if you buy a code from them because a bulk of their money is coming from used games the little kickback they get on the new games and obviously their think geek lineup well, which they had to do that because they were so limited in the market with just doing games so, I mean, you kind of had to go ahead and push in the pop figures and the, the Lego, the fake Lego sets, actually. And every other model and everything that they sell, dude. Like, there was no possible way for them to continue uh, as a publicly traded company and not have different types of revenue streams coming through. So, I would say that's really what's going on. If they're still losing money, with that being the case, uh, there's talk of them potentially, you know, people are suggesting, hey, close down some of your stores. I've got like three game stops within like a three mile radius of me. Why do I need three game stops in that close of a proximity? On top of that, there's several like mom and pop used game stores in a general area, which not only have similar, if not better prices and just as wide of a selection on older used titles, collectibles and everything else you can think of. So that... I don't know, man. As far as uh, GameStop is concerned in the long run and a world without them involved, uh, I can see that being more of the path and opening up the digital world on gaming and going less towards physical content. Are you still going to let me keep talking and search on your iPad here, man? Uh, You're killing me. Okay, John, look at this list. There are 35 different Assassin's Creed Odyssey items when you search for GameStop Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All different season passes, versions. Yeah, but this uh, is all new, dude. Accessories and stuff. No, I know. But what I'm saying is like beyond just the used games, they sell... 35 different products yeah but it doesn't for help. just one game like but their marketplace much? is so wrapped up in all of these different pre-order bonuses 
and all these different things that you're not getting from anywhere else that they're using to bring people in like yeah but how much of that really affects our bottom line i mean i mean we'd have to really look into it and see like what does a retailer get out of the selling of a new game i mean as far as i've been told in the past GameStop's bread and butter has always been their used games because they're selling, they're buying a game from you, a new game like an Odyssey. They'll buy it from you at like thirty bucks, thirty-five bucks, like a oh, week I get, after. I get emails. And then they flip it for fifty-five. Yeah, I get emails all the time from my GameStop membership that's like, "Hey, look at all the you've got three games worth one hundred and twenty-nine dollars," and then it shows me the same three games that it shows me every month because for whatever reason they're willing to pay top dollar for a used copy of this or a used copy of that. And sometimes they're games that I don't even understand why they're wanting to buy them from me for so much. Well, I mean, if it's a popular game like Odyssey, when it, I mean, I don't know what they're offering now. They probably honestly aren't even offering you 35 bucks. You can actually look up the trade values on there later if you want. But um, yeah, like Odyssey, when it first came out, I would probably say the first week or so, what they're doing is anybody that say went to a, a big box retailer picked up odyssey and they're like you know what i just don't like this it's not my type of game they can't return it well, open now, to a to a walmart so they have to in that case take it to gamestop or another shop and gamestop really at that point can say all right cool 35 bucks it's a high in-demand game the next person that rolls in you've heard yeah the pitch, but where man. where else are you going to get it for a better price if gamestop's selling it for that that should be market value Amazon. So people are selling used games on Amazon for cheaper than GameStop. eBay. Yeah, dude, for sure. Like, I can find a game on GameStop well, then, that's... I guess you go buy it there, and that's why they're losing money. That really... But, like, is, what if you so go many to... Options what now. if you go to another brick and mortar? As in, like, uh, like Best just Buy a, or Target or something? I no, mean, with just Target, a you small, got, like, Cartwheel and such. No, just, like, a small used game shop like i don't know what your cities towns wherever you're at listeners i hope you have some small places still pushing through like uh you know buy local comic shops or you know any other kind of local business that you could primarily get all this stuff digitally online but so you I still can, go there for the experience i can cave to you on this one because yeah if you go to a local mom and pop shop the odds of them having a wide variety of new and used titles like new games that have come out um it's not going to be you hardly I mean, ever I see used, new games no i used to i used to work for a, a store like that years ago and when we had games coming through and i know some some of the people on follow us on instagram and all that own stores they completely understand as well when a new game comes out you have people coming to your store saying hey do you have the new copy of x right a new copy of it so in that case if we had within the first few days somebody came in with that game we would match if not beat gamestop on it because we could easily come in and say hey we just got this uh copy of x you know whatever game say assassin's creed odyssey yeah we just got this in you can go ahead and and you know buy it for 55 right now or we'll give it to you for 52 you know we would obviously undercut what gamestop was selling that plus we'd be paying more just to get that person in there to not only pick that game up but any other games they could yeah so i mean yeah no you're not going to be able to go anywhere else as far as new titles that are used is concerned i mean you're not going to find unless i think best buy occasionally you can find used games but i don't even know if they're still doing that see i don't know i i used to love best buy it was always my favorite store when i was a kid i always wanted best buy gift cards for 
you know, birthday and stuff because I loved going to Best Buy to get new games. And the last time I was happy going to Best Buy and getting a new game was when I got my copy of Paper Mario for N64. And then I just felt like after that it went downhill and it was like I would go in to look for something and they wouldn't have it or uh, they were sold out of it. Like I went to I had to go to two Best Buys to get a copy of Smash. But I guarantee you, I probably could have gone into any GameStop and found it. Yeah, but you also use Best Buy Gamers Rewards. So, I mean, you got a, a nice little discount on that. So. Yeah, I had incentive to go there. But it's like, beyond that, going to GameStop, I've got so many fond memories of it. I'm, I guess I'm not necessarily arguing that I think that GameStop doesn't maybe deserve some kind of accountability. Like, they do gouge you they do under chart or underpay you for your used titles but i have so many fond memories and i think that gamestop does so much more for gaming in general and despite the fact that you know the whole fiasco with the kingdom hearts 3 uh ps4 that i ran into despite that sucking that's more due to like the online predation of pre-orders and not donating enough of those to actually like if you actually had you know 10 of those promised to every brick and mortar GameStop you'd stand a hell of a lot better chance like I remember two people behind me in line got cut off for the Wii whereas when I reserved my Xbox 360 I had a Christmas with extra controllers and games and zero console to play them on because I didn't actually get my 360 until February. And the fact that you could go and if you go early and you get in line or like going to midnight launches was great. Nowadays they do like I got Red Dead. You go in that afternoon before the launch day, you pay for it and then you can go in right after they close. You don't have to even wait till midnight anymore. Hmm. They close at nine. There's a big giant line outside. And depending on when you paid for it earlier that day and got your final receipt, you're in a group number and you just boarding pass style, walk in, hand the ticket. They hand you the game. No credit cards, no pulling out anything. It's just a straight trade. And then I got home and I was playing before midnight, whereas anybody who bought the game digitally still had to wait. Like there's still so many advantages I would hate to see it go away, and I hate that there's no more competition either. Like, the GameStop model could be so much better if there was viable competition in the market to give it a run for its money. Like, in a monopoly, they're just going to do whatever they want, and that's what they're doing. And I think the market needs more of this, not less of it. So I hope this buyout helps GameStop, and I hope it encourages the market to develop a competitor. Yeah, I would agree with you on that, dude, because, I mean, when you really think about it, you only have right now big box retailers, Amazon, and, I mean, the other market pretty much is Just eBay. private sellers. Yeah, private sellers on eBay and such, or Amazon. So, yeah, I fully agree with you, man. I think if GameStop had some more competition, obviously this should be lighting a fire under but to, uh, you know, do something about what's going on, it, it would... I think it'd be a better situation all for, for gamers and the industry in general. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to do a terrible transition over to our inflation deflation. So, yeah, just to go back to GameStop, though, just to close that out nicely. Yes, we want GameStop to remain. 
but we want other GameStop-like entities to exist. That would be awesome. Now inflation, deflation. So, in the need of time, don't don't shake your head at me, sir, and and blow your your head. Come on now, this is this is the podcast. We're supposed to be able to do whatever we want. This is a terrible transition. I, you know, I said I'm going to do the audience a favor and handle the transitions from now on. Handle the transition. Go ahead and handle it. Okay. So the way I would have done it is, you know, we need more competition for GameStop because GameStop can't provide everything. And some things that GameStop can't provide is a used complete copy of Alien 3 oh, for the Sega but Genesis. Guess what? They totally can because if you go on their website and search up Alien 3 right now, you'll find a copy. It might not be complete, but they totally have it on their website. Go on. Go on and look at your magical iPad. All right, while he's looking up to see how he's wrong, uh we played Alien 3 this week on the Sega Genesis. Game that I played as a kid, it was given to me by my cousin. I still have my original copy. I also still have my original uh, Sega Genesis, although we played it on a recent Man, pickup. they're gouging us too. It's still more on there. What does it say on GameStop? GameStop is $9.99 pre-owned. Well, that matches price charting. And you get no, your... No, it doesn't. It do- I mean, if it's just a picture of the case to- or the game, does it mean it doesn't come with the box? Uh, I think they have on their listings on there. For used games, it says that it may or may not come to box. But as far as I know, they were tossing boxes. They're just selling carts. Okay, so in that case, it's $9.99, probably plus whatever shipping versus $8.95 showing on price charting. Actually, no, you can do an in-store order, I believe. Oh, snap. So if it's in their store somewhere or if it's online i think you can actually purchase it in store and have it shipped directly to the store or your house if you do it in store um i don't remember offhand for free yeah yeah i've done it before like if there's a game that i want and it's online and it says that it's a game that you could pick up locally i believe they will ship it to your home for free i don't know the exact specifications it's been a while since i did it but the point is is you can buy it on gamestop so my terrible transition still terrible yours just as bad so let's get into Alien 3, Sega Genesis. I think it's a superior version. Obviously, I don't own a copy on any of the other consoles it's available on, so that's why it's superior. But in our time playing and your time crying, what did you think of the game? I thought it looked amazing. I was really impressed with the graphics, especially the animations, uh, the motion of the fan, the movement of the character going up and down the ladders. I thought it was all really good. The scrolling effects in the background were nice. Uh, I could easily tell what everything was, except for sometimes the aliens when they were trying to blend in, which kind of makes sense. But I also kind of was having a hard time because I didn't grow up with Genesis, like I was saying at the beginning. But at, um, I thought it was great. I thought it was super interesting. The weapon variety. I had a hard time with the controls, but that's just a me thing. You obviously got it. Uh, I was very impressed having zero experience or exposure to this. And this is the first time I've ever even seen it. I was very impressed. Yeah, this is a game that, uh, as I said earlier, I used to play when I was like 10. So... Uh, my cousin, when I was older, he was going off to college and he was like, you know what? You can go ahead and take my Dreamcast and my Sega Genesis and this giant pile of games. And as a kid, I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have a Sega Genesis. I got a Super Nintendo. So, um, yeah, I went ahead and uh, or and a 
and a PlayStation One at the time as well, I guess. But no, we, my brother and I, would sit back and play Alien and Turtles um, Hyperstone Heist. So we play Hyperstone Heist and Alien 3 all the time. And uh, yeah, we enjoyed it as kids, man. So I was excited to give you that experience for a game and see what your your thoughts were on it. So for me, it took a little bit of getting, you know, use those controls again because it had been a while. Uh, but the only issue that I kept having personally, and I don't know if you were having this, was when you were in like certain sections crawling and you had to go from like transition to the ladder yeah yeah, yeah. Trying to tra- i was like good god man there was at least times where i wasted 10 seconds on the clock so anybody that hasn't played this the general premise at least in the stages we got through are you have different uh humans or captives from the aliens that are all strapped out and there's like it they're all on stucky it. to the wall yeah they're kind of like locked in and the aliens are around like pretty much trying to kill you and you're trying to kill them uh, but you have a timeline of like three minutes per level and you have to try and find within this level all of the It's a the big maze like level too. like you're you're running through you've got a tiny jump but you do have an arsenal man you've got a machine gun a flamethrower a grenade a grenade launcher and you just kind of circumnavigate this maze you do have like an alien detector radar in the top right it doesn't work but it, man. it's like they just pop up so fast and you have so little time to react john was killing it because he kind of had an idea of where some of these aliens were so you could shoot them off screen to save yourself getting the the damage because they move so quick like it's an interesting i've heard this talked about in um retrospective on avp series for all different systems that noah caldwell gervais did and it's fantastic check that out but in a lot of these it's like alien is so imposing in alien isolation like it's unkillable and it just feels like this pervasive enemy like the way alien does in the games or in the movies but in most games the alien is just like oh Killed one. Oh, killed one. And it's not like that in the first movie. Like, that's not the portrayal of Alien you think of. But in this one, like, they get the jump on you and they react way faster than you. And it is hard. Like, if you get caught out by one, you'll get hit maybe a couple times before you manage to waste it. But it's really, it's an okay balance with the gameplay style and the technology of the time like i feel like there is much of a threat as i want it to be without being like the enemies we ran into in the sewer in futurama where it's just like dude this is level one like why can't i kill anything like why is this so i i I, i'm at an impasse against this immortal foe. yeah and with alien 3 i mean once you got used to it I mean, obviously, the first go around, uh, you and I were just kind of like, all right, we're just kind of getting our bearings, making sure we understand the controls and whatnot, just going through it. Once we got into, like, past that, it was super simple, dude. And it's nice because, it's got like... eight-way aiming? Yeah, no, it's like, it's awesome. Like, I absolutely love that game. And, uh, you know, as you said, the arsenal, weapons and such, the aliens are quick to react. But once you've played through a level, maybe died once, if, if at all you generally get a a pretty good feel where it's like, all right, I'm running down this hallway. I can most likely guarantee an alien is going to be coming out from either the ground or above. And it's just, you get used to it. And I really enjoyed playing that tonight. So yeah, I had had an excellent time. So uh, just a little history. We've got 
Alien 3, developed by Probe Software, published by Acclaim Entertainment, Virgin Interactive. Um, Virgin Interactive and Probe Software. That's a good combination right there. Right? Nothing yeah. like Probe and the Virgin. Yeah. Came out October 92 for Genesis. Um, and it received really good scores. It's got uh, high 90s to mid 70s or high 70s. 78 looks like the lowest score here. I don't know what a 29 out of 40 is on EGM, but... Eh, sounds the, good enough. Who the heck is grading into EGM grades up to 40? Yeah, 29 out of 40. Well, I guess consider it like four stars, so it's three yeah, out of four stars. Yeah, and then we've got, you know, four and a half stars, three and a half stars, four stars. Like, it, I definitely think this is one of the better games. And you know what? For one of the first games that we've played in 2019, I think this is going to be something I'm going to keep in mind for our end of our year review when we come around and we talk about some of the best stuff we played this year and i think that we're off to a good start yeah i mean futurama was fun from the perspective of you know is futurama okay so, so as cool. as licensed tie-ins i think that futurama with what we played as frustrating as it was i think i was more engaged with the futurama aspect of that and less with the gameplay versus Whereas alien this, 3 i was yeah. much less engaged with it as an alien product versus an effective game you know seeing as you just mentioned licensed uh game as far as like being based off of a show or a movie i think we should probably do that for our game next week and i've got one i'm eyeing right now I'm not, no, I'm moving my eyes. You can't see it now. So uh, I am, as far as Alien 3 is concerned, I'm going to say it's deflated. I think that it's very much worth the price tag that's on there, if not worth more. He's if, talking about Lego Batman 2 for the Wii. playing Lego Batman 2 on the Wii. Do I own all the Lego Batmans on the Wii console? One, two, Are and there three? only two of them? No, it looks like I got three there. Is that all Lego Batman? No, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. That's not mine then. He's talking Lego Lord of the Rings, folks. Yeah, no, we're not doing that one. Um, <laughs> no, you're going to hate me on this one. So, yeah, dude, I'm... Here, here over here, over here. Ryan, Does my, Ratchet my and here. Clank count as a movie tie-in game no, if the movie came, came after the games? No, it came And before. are they still making that Sly Cooper movie they've been talking about for years? They were going to make a Sly Cooper movie? Yeah, so many questions. Huh. But you know what? I think that we can wait for those until next week. No, I think... Well, you haven't even said, is the game inflated or deflated this week on your end? Oh, dude. Okay, so you're right. Sorry about that, folks. I, I think it's deflated. So, you know what? Even based off of uh, GameStop's nine ninety nine for pre-owned, I'm going to say deflated. I think this is a hell of a pickup. I think that if you have a Genesis... And you still play it? Well, Super Nintendo Good and on NES you. as well. well so. Yeah, but we didn't play that one. Yeah, Genesis it, is a cheaper title. Anyways. Yeah, if you're going to... Well, and you that's the thing. Like, you can't do eight-way aiming with those consoles. Not as well, right? Maybe? I don't know. On the NES, I have my little thing that I can pop on the front of the, the game. I forget what it's called. Or on top of the controller, it makes a little joystick. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know? Uh, well, I'm going to propose that we play... Rocky and Bullwinkle in the Sega Genesis. Yes, I love Rocky and Bullwinkle. So it's over there next to the Switch titles. It's the first game, I believe. Is, is that Rocky and Bullwinkle? I hope I have Rocky and Bullwinkle. 
What is that? Does it say Bullwinkle? Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends. Oh, I see why it's first, because it says The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. So yeah, let's play that next week. Yeah, dude, what let's I, what do I, it. What I picked that up for, by the way, because that is a price point I paid for. Five ninety nine. dollars $5.99. And I probably get a 30% discount. At I got Price that. Buster Games. Yeah, check out them. That's where I... I used to used to hang out quite a lot. So, um, yeah, I got that at a discounted rate, most likely. So, either way, Rocky and Bullwinkle, and you just put it on my shelf incorrectly. You just put it right after two titles that are supposed to go after it. Oh, don't you dare. Dude, you're going to unalphabetize my games? Stop. No, what are you doing? We're still recording. You have to stop. <laughs> All right, so Rocky and Bullwinkle, that's our game next week. I'm also on Deflated as well. I think it's a hell of a pickup. Uh, we should play it again at some point in the future. Yeah, get this one. It definitely, it's definitely worth it. You don't get any you know, credit towards buying your Nintendo Switch online service, but hey, screw it. Do it anyways. Yeah, but you get at least the credit of having played a game that we played. All right, so in the... Uh, God, man, seriously. I'm switching them back. Yeah, please. All right. Yeah, that, that looks correct. You going to move that Rocky and Bullwinkle yes, back to yes, Airbuster? Yes. All right. I don't know why R is before A, but whatever. It says V Adventures. V Adventures. A-D, and then Airbuster. A-I-R-T-H. You're killing me. <laughs> All right. Well... Thanks for listening. Episode 19 of Game Deflators. I'm John. I'm Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators. We got it again three weeks in a row. Yeah, here we come, episode 20. All right. <laughs>